0: Hey, what is up, Sermon Podcast listeners? This is Pastor Adam back with you again. Wanted to give you an update on all the new things that are happening here at VBPH Sermon Podcast. Want to begin by saying how much we appreciate you, the listener, for allowing us to make these changes so that we can be a blessing to world evangelism. If you hadn't heard, in the last week we had... uh, Begun to put out some uh, advertisements on the podcast. The reason being is that that is a very easy and simple way for us to generate some funds uh, just by you playing this podcast. And if you didn't hear that, uh, the reason for that is because we are going to use everything that this podcast produces is going directly to the cause of world evangelism. And so uh, we want to see how much of a blessing we can be to nations and missionaries around the world just by you listening to a few um, advertisements during the sermons. Uh, That will immensely help us to be able to raise some funds. And just to give you a heads up of what is possible, in the last week, just by you listening, we were able to generate $20, close to $20, uh, just by adding those simple advertisements uh, to our sermon podcast feed. So that is the reason for that. And we also want to just update you with this major change. So we now have in place the ability for you to become a premium subscriber. All of the links are going to be in the show notes if you are interested in this. So what this is, we are producing now a version of the podcast that has zero ads. It has zero extraneous content like intros or outros. It is simply a daily podcast that is going to show up in your feed. And uh, so you can get directly to the sermons that you love so very much. We want to give you two options. For this premium podcast, we promised that we were going to provide a $3 a month version of this premium podcast, and that is now live and ready for you to subscribe to. The link that you're going to use is vbph-sermons.supercast.tech. Now, I know all of you are uh, waiting on bated breath with pens and pencils and paper in hand. Uh, but the easier way, of course, is just look at our show notes. You'll find that link right at the top, vbph-sermons.supercast.tech. When you go to that website, you're going to have a very easy way to put in your credit card information. It's a seven-day free trial. You're going to get to hear what subscribers hear on a daily basis. And for three bucks a month, you can have seven sermons per week directly delivered into your Podcast feed, and uh, no no ads, no fluff, just the sermons that you love for three bucks a month. We also do have some options on there if you want to prepay for a year, uh, save a little bit of money. uh, That also will help us. Then uh, the other big option that I'm very excited about is for Apple Podcasts. So as you may or may not know, if you are an Apple device user, if you are on an iPhone, iPad, or on a Mac listening to your podcasts, Apple has just updated their podcast app with the ability for podcast producers like us to provide subscriptions uh, to our listeners. So I am very pleased to let you know that we are now live up and running with a subscription-based model Within Apple Podcasts, we know that about three-quarters of you are listening to this right now on an iPhone, and most of you are listening through the podcast app, the, the native Apple Podcasts app. So uh, what that means is it is especially simple for you to become a subscriber. Um, the only downside to that is that we uh, our, our goal was to raise $3 a month per subscriber, uh, but unfortunately, Apple takes a big chunk out of, uh, out of that subscription. So uh, they, for every dollar that you pay as a subscriber, Apple is taking 30 cents. So that is a 30% cut just for providing the platform. So because of that, what we did was we, uh, we upped the monthly subscription cost, specifically on the Apple Podcast app, to $4.99 per month. There's also a yearly option. And so that way we are still generating that $3 a month, at least, that we had set out to do in the first place. So if you want to give Apple the extra money and you just uh, the convenience of having it there uh, in the Apple Podcast app, it's so simple. Your payment information is already there and ready to go. So for a convenience factor, it's amazing. But it is a couple extra bucks per month. And so we just wanted to explain that to you and let you know that that is available. So we hope that that is a blessing to you. The other thing we wanted to announce is our current goal that I think is very feasible and I think would be a huge blessing Our goal is to begin producing $100 a month toward the cause of world evangelism. And the good news is that in the short time we've had these subscriptions up, we are already raising $10 a month, and we think that we can very easily get to $100 a month uh, toward world evangelism. Wouldn't that be amazing that just through your subscriptions and through your listenership that we can, can begin raising money that will be a blessing to uh, the nations, to missionaries, to our mother church, and to the cause of world evangelism. Uh, Would you join us in that? We would be so grateful. And hey, if you don't want to pay and you want to get the three sermons a week, man, that is awesome too. We are so glad to have you as our listener. No matter what level of support you are providing, we love you, we thank you, we appreciate you for being a listener of this Sermon Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. We hope you're getting inspired. We hope that God is speaking to you through these messages. And we are very excited to continue to provide this platform of sermons for you for the next coming weeks, months, and years to come. God bless you guys. We're praying for you. We appreciate you so much. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, Get ready to hear from God through this message.
1: If you'd open your Bibles this morning, the Psalms, the 34th chapter, if we could. You know, one of the great needs in America today is is men, and men who are striving for something, men who are seeking to do right. So many men we see today that profess Christianity, but they're not pursuing what God desires, they're not pursuing what God wants them to do, and they're not pursuing a righteousness or a righteousness in their lifestyle. They're not pursuing a call, and sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what am I after? What do I desire? What am I doing? What am I looking for? What am I trying to find? Matthew six thirty three says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So as Christians, that gives you and I a Head start on what we need to be doing. Can you say amen? Amen. We need to be seeking God, His kingdom, and His righteousness. And we need to understand this morning that the world we live in is very, very unrighteous. And it's getting worse all the time. It's getting worse basically with every tick of the clock. And the two of these are linked together. We're not going to find the kingdom of God without righteousness. We're not going to be able to enter into the kingdom of God without righteousness. We're not going to have all that God has for us this morning without righteousness. And so what he challenges you and I of is that we need to pursue righteousness. We need to go in search of it. We need to find it for our own individual lives. And we need to look for what God has for us and what God wants us to do and what God wants us to be. And as Christians, our goal must be to be true righteous, not just appear to be righteous, but to be righteous because there are lots of people today that are more concerned about how they look than how they really are. They're more concerned about how they appear to everybody around them than how they really are. And this is not something that's really that new. You look at 1 Samuel 15 and 30, you find a man by the name of Saul. The Bible says, Then he said to Samuel, I have sinned, yet honor me now, please, before the elders of my people and before Israel. Here's Saul. Saul knows. Samuel's come to him. He says, you know what? God's removing you from where you were because you're unrighteous. You're a sinner. You're not right. You're sin. But Saul says, don't tell anybody. Sounds like America today. Don't tell anybody. Just honor me. Act like everything's okay. Act like everything's fine. Take me before the elders. Take me before the children of Israel. But don't tell them that I've been an unrighteous man. Don't tell them that I'm not what I've always professed to be or always what I've said I would be. And Saul knowingly sin here, but he wants to be presented as honorable. He wants to be presented as somebody that's okay. He wants to be presented as somebody that's right. And if we're honest, that happens a whole lot more times today than what we want to admit. We live behind these facades. We live behind these fronts. We know all the right things to do and all the right things to say yet we're just making an appearance we're not actually doing and what we're saying we're doing Matthew 5 and 6 says blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness you begin to think about that friend of mine hunger and thirst are two great motivators if you've ever been really hungry which most of America hasn't I've been out wandering around hunting and been very thirsty and it's a, you get to where, you know, that's the main thing on your mind. That's the driving force. Find something to drink. Find water. Find that. And so when it says hunger and thirst, there's a desperation that comes on man when he begins to hunger and thirst for something. God says, you know, we need to be desperate for righteousness. We need to be desperate to do right, be right, live right. He's talking about being a complete person here, finished, fulfilled, filled up. God, my only concern is being right before you and I challenge you this morning over the years I've been saved. I found out if I keep my heart right with God, I will be right with men. If I'll keep my heart right with God and do what God's dealing with me to do and what God's challenging me to do, I can be right with men. And righteousness, friend of mine, is acting in a court or being just, being honorable, being free from guilt, being free from wrong or upright, being someone that's honest, being someone that has ethics, being someone that has principles of conduct. So what God's challenges is that we need to be righteous in our soul, in our spirit, and all that we do for God. We also need to be righteous in our home, on our jobs, in our schools, in our ministry, in our church, wherever we are, because something that amazes me as I pastor is how many men appear to be righteous, but then you begin to find out about their home life, and they're not righteous in their home at all. They're not righteous at home at all. They don't even portray any kind of righteousness at home. They drive their wife insane. It's always her fault. It's the kid's fault. It's somebody else. No, it's because you're not righteous. It's because you're being unrighteous in the way you're treating what's happening, what's going on. And so what we want to see this morning, friend of mine, is a righteousness that God is talking about is a complete righteousness, a completeness. Or Haddon Robinson said these words, we set our stone standard of eternal, external righteousness and we're capable of any evil. When we are filled with the righteousness of good, when we are filled with his righteousness, no good is too great. So he challenged you know what? You and I set our own standards and it's easy to live up to them. Same with righteousness. But the challenge is this morning that you and I need to put God's righteousness first and rise to that. Psalms, the 34th chapter, beginning there in the 15th verse if we could word of god says these words the eyes of the lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry the face of the lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth the righteous cry out and the lord hears them and belie and delivers them out of all their troubles the lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit many are the afflictions of the righteous But the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked. And those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. And none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Let's bow our head for a moment this morning. Father, we come before you right now, God. We ask that you would speak to us this morning. Father, I pray that you would help us in this place, God. I pray your anointing, God. I pray, God, that the greatest desire of all is that we would leave this place different than what we came. In Jesus' name, amen. He says the eyes and his ears are on the righteous. His eyes are on the righteous to protect them, to look out for them, to watch over them, to guide them, to be able to undergird them. His ears are open to the righteous friend of mine to hear their cry in a time of trouble. To hear their t- cry when they call out to him? And how do we come, friend of mine, to this place? It takes a character change. It takes you and I moving from the place of an unrighteous person that we were in the world and beginning to strive to be the righteous people God has called us to be, begin to move forward to what God has called us to be, des- uh, be a part of and desire. And before salvation, we're unrighteous. After salvation, he calls us to be righteous. And this move will cost you something. Anytime you begin to change, anytime you begin to do something in the kingdom of God, it's going to cost you something. It's going to require some things in your life. It's going to require you to make some changes. It's going to require you to make some stands. And no longer are these things easy. No longer are they convenient. No longer are they things that you can do just without even thinking about it. There will always be a temptation to revert back to the old lifestyle. Friend of mine, temptation is going to be with you and I until the day we die or step into heaven, and you and I have to deal with that, you and I have to challenge ourselves, and it's going to cost us something to do what God has called us to do. The sad fact is, is a lot of people are satisfied with what we might call a partial righteousness or smoke screen they hide behind something they appear to be one thing when they're not they appear to be involved in something when they're not psalm seven and eight david says judge me O lord according to my righteousness and you know sometimes i pray that i say god can i pray that and not fear being destroyed and i ask you this morning can you pray god judge me according to my righteousness judge me according to the way that i live my lifestyle the way I respond, my rightness in life. And then he goes on and says, and according to my integrity within me. So I challenge you this morning, in a Christian realm, integrity does count. Character does count this morning. And you, God is looking for men and women of righteousness. He's looking for men of integrity. When you say you're going to, you do. When you say you're not going to, you don't. When you say, Pastor, I'll do this. Pastor, I'll be there. Pastor, I'll take care of this. Whatever it is, brother, sister, whoever, you do it. He's looking for people this morning that stand for what they declare. And you think about what David's saying. "Judge judged me according to my conduct. Judge me according to my principles. Judge me according to my character. God, here's my character exposed. Judge me according to my character Judge me according to who I am. And these are the very things that God looks for, a friend of mine, to see what's in our hearts. God looks down inside of us to see what's in our character. Are we men of integrity this morning? Are we right before God? And are we doing all that God wants us to do? Are we involved in what God wants us to be involved in? Are we simply putting up a front? How about you and I this morning, friend? Is there rightness in your heart? Or do you and I fall into the place of Saul this morning? We come and we want to appear right. We want to appear right. And that's the way the world is day. This is an appearance thing. As long as I look right, I'm okay. But that's not true in the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? There's some of you here this morning, undoubtedly are here just to look right. You just want to look right. That's why you're here. But what's going on on the inside? Should you have answered Pastor Mitchell's altar call last night? Because if you should have and you didn't, you're not right this morning. You're not right this morning. I get so tired of hearing about how people say, well, Pastor, I just, I, just, I, I mean, I had turned on my email and there it was. Well, I'm not a computer whiz. Men in my church can tell you that. If anybody can foul one up, I can. But I've yet to turn on my email and find anything there I hadn't been looking for. I don't think it just pops up on your computer. Oh, there it is. Don't think so. The reason you try to say that is because you're unrighteous. The reason you try to to put that out there or perpetuate that is because you've lost your integrity. David says, judge me, God, according to my integrity. Judge me according to my righteousness. Judge me according to my character and who I am and what I am. And we have to ask ourselves this morning, am I really seeking the righteousness of God? Is that the first thing in me? God, I want to be right with you. Nothing else matters. I want to be right with you, Lord. If I can be right with you, everything else will come in place. Everything else will work out. And you know, I was thinking about this. I've been saved a number of years. I'm going on, what, 27, 28 years. And I can tell you this. As long as I keep my heart right with God, everything may not work out the way I want it to, but it always works out right. Always works out right. God has never left me. He's never let me down. He's never blown. As long as I work at keeping my heart right, God takes care of everything else. God causes it to come to pass. He brings it to a place. And friend of mine, righteousness does not come easy. It's going to cost you something this morning, especially in the world that you and I live in. It'll cost you something to make a righteous stand. But I remember something as a kid. My dad told me he was in a, he grew up on a farm and I was raised in the country. He said, Lee, there's one thing. Right will always be right and wrong will always be wrong. And if you take those things and you run, I know... Years ago, during one of the first times that people went insane and decided they're going to go do their own mess, I had to have someone tell me, I said, you don't know everything. I said, no, I don't, but I do know this. I know what's right, and I know what's wrong, and you're wrong. I know that. Now, I may not know anything else, but I do understand that. And there has to come a place in our lives friend of mine, where we'll judge right and we'll judge wrong, and we'll say, no, that's. I may not know everything, but I know that's not right. I, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, that's wrong. Ain't going to do it. Secondly, this morning, we need to understand that righteousness comes and it cost. Horace Greeley wrote, fame is a vapor, popularity an accident. Riches take wing and character endures. I asked you this morning, will your character endure the test of time, friend? Your righteousness, can it endure? Because it will if you live right and do right, be right. Where's this found friend is found in doing the will of God Righteous is found by in doing God's will and what God wants us to do First of all we have to seek him Matthew 6:33 again says first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things shall be added unto you One man said ask great things and little things shall be added unto you ask heavenly things and earthly things shall be added unto you Ask great things of yourself. Great things challenging yourself to do right, challenging yourself to be right, challenging yourself to do the will of God for your life. And if you're in this place this morning, the will of God, one thing that you can guarantee is God wants you to be a righteous man. God wants you to be a man of integrity. God wants you to be a man that He can reach down and speak into His heart and to use. There are a number of men, friend of mine, that God used throughout the word of God. Genesis 12 and 1 the Bible says Lord came to Abraham said get out of your country In other words, take everything go away from everything, you know Leave this and go do what I want you to do It was going to cost him something friend of mine God will come to you and I when we get saved He said you know what you need to walk away from everything you've been doing You need to walk away from your past You need to let your old friends go You need to let your old habits go And you need to begin to work on righteousness And it's going to cost us something It's going to cost us something. It's going to cost you and I something in relationships. It's going to cost you and I something in the way we function. It's going to cost you and I something in the way we do things and all that we're a part of and all that we're involved in. Friend of mine, there's times that you and I have to understand things. The only way we're going to have what God has for us is step into those things. If not, we're going to be like the children of Israel standing on the border looking in and saying, it could have been. I could have had is it possible that that could have been mine and i ask you this morning what keeps you from that what keeps you from having what god wants they you to have genesis twelve six tells us as soon as abraham did the will of god and what god called him to do god began to bless him same thing's true with you and i when we begin to live like god wants us to live when we begin to live like men of righteousness, when we begin to live like men of integrity, when that becomes a driving force of our lives, I'll promise you this morning that God will begin to bless you. God will begin to move in your life in areas he's never moved in before. God will begin to help you in areas of your life that he's never helped you in before because all of a sudden you're in tune with God. You're on the same path with God. You're in the same arena God's in and you're doing all you can to be the man that God's called you to be. You're doing all you can to be the righteous man, the man of integrity that God has called you to be and what God wants you to be a part of. Sometimes you and I have to come to God and say, God, what would you have me to do? What do I need to do to be more righteous and change my character? What do I God? These are my problems. This is where I have to fight all the time. What can I do to bring myself to that place where you can help me, where you can undergird me, where you can move in my behalf? I think about that when Paul in the book of Acts in chapter 9 and verse 6 says, so he trembled and astonished and said, Lord, what would you have me to do? The Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Here's Paul. Paul, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something to have what God has for you. It's going to cost you and I this morning. See, we live in the freebie generation. We're always looking for something for nothing. Do you ever wonder why you get all those CDs in the mail for all these Internet services and every one of them will give you 1,000 hours or 5,000 hours or whatever it is? Do you ever wonder? because they know that's the way to hook you you're looking for something free looking for something free. oh yeah i'll try that looking for something free what gets you in trouble on the internet it's free push the button just like pastor mitchell said last night what gets you in trouble and all these things it says free in big letters you don't ever read what's free you just push the button free boom free but it's not free there's an expense there's a cost And the cost, friend of mine, is it's going to violate your spirit. It's going to violate your soul. It's going to rip you off. And after one look, you're never going to be the same. You're never going to be the same. Because it's going to violate you. It's going to do everything it can to take you down and tear you down. It's going to do everything it can to rip you off. Paul says these words in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to apprehend it, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to these things which are ahead. You know what? That's what some of us need to do this morning. You need to forget your past, and you need to begin to reach for what God has for you that's ahead. You need to lay down what's behind you, because some of us have the ability to lay there and roll around In the mire of our past life, when God says, Behold, the old has passed away, all things have become new, and we refuse to walk away from the old. reason some of you men here this morning have trouble with mind games is you won't cut the old loose. You're not reaching for what's ahead. You're still bogged down and what's behind. I remember when I got saved, I was working a job that I had to drive every Tuesday and every Thursday, I would go into these stores I'd been going into for years to get lunch at noontime. I walked in there one day, and I was just like everyone here. Like Pastor Mitchell said last night, you want to get the attention of a red-blooded man, just have a set of boobs bounce by, and you'll get his attention. I'm standing there at the counter. I'm buying my drink or whatever I'm buying. I look, and right behind the counter, here's the whole array of Playboy and Hustler and everything else. And my eyes went straight to that. I got back in that truck and I drove away, and I, if God ever spoke to me verbally, he said, if you're gonna make it, you're gonna have to find different places to buy the things you buy. Because I'm standing at the counter, I'm not looking for this. I look straight ahead and there it is. I never went back there again. And I honestly believe that has something to do with me saved today. There's some of you here this morning you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like a cheap peep show to you. You go to 7-Eleven, you pay for your coffee and the whole time you're looking around the person that's waiting on you. And that's exactly what you do. Do it on a regular basis. You know you do. And I'm going to tell you right now until you cut it loose, you're never going to have what God has for you. You're never going to have what God has for you because you refuse to pay the price. You refuse to pay the price. You refuse to do what God wants you to do. Paul says, one man said this, about what Paul said in Philippians. He says, considering what Paul is saying, this is a concern as it is sole business of my life. My conduct is not regulated nor influenced by that of others. I consider my calling, my master, my work, and my end. If others think they have time to lauder or trifle, I have none. Time is flying. Eternity is at hand. God's will is at stake. If you're messing this morning, friend of mine, and all of the things that the world has and going against righteousness, you're leaving God's time when God's eternity is at stake. You're trifling, you're messing around, you're doing nothing at all for what God has and what God wants you to do. Acts 24 and 16 says, I exercise, strive, work at having my conscience without offense. Get a hold of this. My conscience without offense towards God and men. In other words, I work at being righteous. I challenge you this morning to be righteous is going to require work. It's going to require you and I as men dedicating ourselves to a job of being righteous from today until the day we step into eternity or until the day Jesus comes back. It's not going to be something that we're just going to do on an irregular basis. It's going to be something that we're going to have to strive at every day, every hour, every minute of the days we live. God, I'm going to work at being right before you. I'm not going to allow this to dissuade me. I'm not going to allow this to pull me down. I'm going to quit going to the cheap peep shows. I'm going to quit doing all of these. things. I'm going to lay my heart down. I'm going to be right before you. I'm going to do what's right. We were laughing last night. I've been married to my wife now going on 34 years, and what she does is she'll go through papers and stuff, magazines. I tell her, I said, there's anything in there that you know I don't need to see, just take it out. I don't want to see it. I've gone to get the, something out of the newspaper. i like, man, what happened to this page? <laughs> Ask her, Say, well, she said, well, you told me to tear it out, I tore it out. You know, and it's the end of the story you're looking for. You know, somebody just did something you're trying to find. It's gone. You say, well, that's silly. Not for me, it's not, because I know me. I'm not fooled by me. I spent too many of my years of my first, before I got saved, in places just like this gym. Amen, locker rooms. And I know exactly what happens, and I know who I am, and I'm not fooled by it. And I know one thing if I'm going to beat it, I'm going to have to run from it. I'm going to have to run from it. I'm going to have to stay away from it. Sometimes you and I have to say, God, your will, no matter what. Jesus does that. Luke 22, 42. Father, if you're willing, take this cup, but if not, my will be done. Friend of mine, what do you have to give up tonight to have, or this, this morning to have the will of God in your life? It's going to cost you something. There's going to be an expense to it. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some time. It's going to cost you something to have what God has for you. Daniel was a man of integrity. Daniel 6, 3 and 4 says, no error or fault found in him. Think about that. What a powerful statement. No error or fault found in him god would that he could say that about us you know what i I, i've i've watched those men i've checked those men's heart they're sitting there in that gym in phoenix this morning and i don't find any error in them i don't find any fault in them daniel is a man just like you and i am i saying we can be perfect no but i'm saying we can work to have that said about us i'm saying that we can make that the desire of our heart I'm saying that we can pull for that and believe God to have it. Jairus, the king, promoted Daniel, and those under him didn't like it. So what did they do? They set out to find fault with Daniel. They're looking for something, anything that they could find wrong with him, and they could find nothing. So we know what they finally do. They t- finally attacked his relationship with God. They could find nothing else wrong with him. What a great testimony that would be for you and I. We can't find anything else wrong with them, so we're going to attack them because of their testimony of what they do for their God. Because they pray, because they're righteous, because they give, because they do this, because they witness. We can't find anything else to bring against them. We can find no other fault in them. We can find absolutely nothing else that they've done wrong, so we're going to attack them at the point of the God they believe in and the way they serve Him. Look at 1 Peter 3 and 8 through 12 is a very good define, definition of righteousness. It says, don't return evil for evil, but return blessing. Don't return evil for evil, but return blessing. Pastor Lamb recently did a healing crusade for us in, in Albuquerque. And he was praying with a lady, and the prayer he had her pray caught my interest because we've all prayed with people and asked them to forgive bitterness let unforgiveness go and so he prayed that with her but at the end of it and he said and I want God that you bless them beyond their wildest dreams and I thought that's true forgiveness when you can begin to pray God I forgive and I want the people I'm forgiven blessed and I this lady was healed in fact you probably see a picture of in the trumpet tears just begin to rush out of her face she was an older lady said she'd been in horrendous pain for years and I thought what a powerful thing. What a powerful thing! That's what he talks about here in Pever. Don't repeat her. Don't return evil for evil, but return blessing. He says, "Refrain your tongue from evil." That'd be a new experience, wouldn't it? <laughs> Refrain your tongue from evil. In other words, do you ever think about what it means about idle words? Think about how many idle words were spoke here this morning before we started. I don't know about see. I don't know about you, but those things scare me. Because when I read the Bible, maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't know. And I'm getting closer to heaven. I start reading some of these things. I start worrying about them. Maybe they didn't bother me. used to, but they do now. Man, idle words, you know. But he says, he's saying, Peter makes this declaration. It's a perfect definition of, of righteousness. Turn away evil and do good. Then in 1 Peter 3 and 12, he says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Quotes our text, and his ears are open to their prayers. But this face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Think about that. He says, you want my eyes on you? You want my ears open to you? You want me to hear your prayers? The Bible does say what? That the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much? He says, you want me to hear those things? You want me to watch out for you? You want me to put a head around you? Be a righteous man. Do what's right, because right will always be right. says, do what's right. Be a man of integrity. Do what I've laid out for you to do. Do what I've called you to do. He says, if you will do those things, I will not be against you. Some of you here this morning, you keep going through hard time after hard time after hard time. Could that be the reason? Because you're not being right with God? You're not living a righteous lifestyle. You're not doing all that God's called you to do and all that God's dealt with you to do. Thirdly and finally this morning, I want to look at first things with you. Our text says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's going to require some hard choices, friend. That's going to require you and I making choices that aren't always going to be easy. It's going to require you and I making choices that we're not going to enjoy making. It's going to require you and I doing things that we're not going to enjoy doing because it's a hard choice to do what's right. It's a hard choice to be a part of what's right and do what's right. Look at First Peter again, verse chapter 3, verse 14 says, But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. Have any good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ." May be ashamed. For it is better if it's for the will of God to suffer for doing good than doing evil. It's better to suffer for doing what's right than suffer for what's doing what's wrong. So don't worry about it. Don't get bummed out about it. Don't be tormented about it because you say, well, I'm persecuted for doing righteousness. Thank God for that. Thank God that they can find nothing else wrong with you, so they challenge your righteousness. They challenge you being a person of integrity. They challenge you doing what you need to do. Friend of mine, it hinges this morning on our relationship with God. We have to ask ourselves, what's more important, my relationship with God or my relationship with the world? What do I want more? And friend of mine, many people don't make it as Christians because they refuse to make the hard choices. Some of you here this morning, you're in a place right now where you know some hard choices you mean to need to make and if you don't, next year at this time, you won't be here. You won't be here. Some of you won't make Prescott Conference because there's some hard choices you're going to have to make. There's some things you're going to have to do. There's some things that you're going to have to begin to do and the enemy's friend of mine, of anything that hinder you. If they hinder your commitment, if they hinder your integrity, if they hinder your morality, if they hinder your righteousness, they're your enemies. They try to draw you away from anything at all. Relationship, friend of mine, with Jesus is what keeps you and I serving God. Our personal relationship. What keeps you from that this morning? Is it your pride? Your attitude that you justify? Your friends? Family? This is a great time for family. This is the family season. So when you're at moms or dads, aunts or uncles, Christmas time, you sit down to eat and they break out the bottle of wine, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, I'm not going to say anything Then you're condoning what they're doing. That's simple. You ever think about just getting up and walking out? Said, so, you know what? If you want me to stay... Don't break out the wine. You want me to go, break it out. You want my grand, You want your grandkids there? Don't break out the wine. Don't bring it out. I've had people invite me to things, and the first thing I ask them, I say, okay, is there going to be any drinking? Well, not while we're there. I say, well, I just want you to understand that if I get there and I walk in the door and the drinking starts, I'm going to turn right around and walk right back out the door because I'm not going to be there because that used to be my life. That's the way I used to be. And oh, well, but you got to understand it's my grandma. Well, you want grandma to go to heaven or you want to go to hell? Hard choices, friend, hard choices. See, your character, friend of mine, has to be just and has to be, has to be something that you can live by. D.L. Moody said character is what you are in the dark. What you are in the dark. What are you in the dark tonight or this morning? What are you? What are you in the dark? What are you when you're in the restroom by yourself? Stall door shut. What are you? What are you doing in there? I'm sure you're thinking on righteous things. And you know what even worse? Is you're going to walk out of there and you're going to lift those hands to God as holy hands. That's what you're going to do. And you're wondering why God doesn't hear you. Where have those hands just been? Where have they just been? See, so true your character is what you are when the dark. Another man said, true character is what we are when nobody is looking and the secret chambers of our heart. What's your true character this morning? See, as, our, as a Christian friend of mine, our duty is to seek him first in good times and in bad. Guard our hearts for righteousness' sake. We're called to be the sentinels of our own hearts. I picked up a story back here a couple of months ago I'm sure many of you may have seen it the story about a sentinel at the tomb of the unknown at the Arlington Cemetery it's when Isabel Hurricane Isabel is pounding the east coast my wife and I were away and we were watching it on the news and you see this rain just I mean it's going sideways the wind is howling and you see this lone figure marching back and forth back and forth Saw it the next day in the newspaper, and even in the paper, you can see that the rain is just all around him. Story says fear for the safety of the men who guard the tomb of the unknown. The commanding officer ordered of the sentry to be called in. This would break a long-standing string of protection provided the tomb through the years. When the sentry received the command to leave his post and return to the shelter, he met it with an order with the order the order with two words: orders refused. He continued his lonely vigil, the howling wind and the assailing rains. When the sentinel was relieved and finally left his post, he was asked by local and national media why he would continue his march in in such extreme conditions. He responded, I wasn't going to let a little wind and rain cause me to be the one who failed at my duty. What are the little things that are causing you to fail at your duty? What are they this morning? What's the little things that you'll look back in years and say, you know what, those were insignificant, but they destroyed me. I don't have what I have. I picked up the Sentinels Creed. It says, my dedication to this sacred duty is total and wholehearted, and the responsibility bestowed on me never will I falter, and with dignity and perseverance my standard will remain perfection. Through the years of diligence and praise and discomfort of the elements, I will walk my tour in humble reverence to the best of my ability. It is he who commands the respect I protect, his bravery that made us so proud, surrounded by well-meaning crowds by day and alone in the thoughtful peace of night, this soldier will be honored. Glory rests under my eternal vigilance. I want you to consider as I close the first part of this. And think about it as you're saying it as a Christian. My dedication is to the sacred duty to this sacred duty is total and wholehearted. How dedicated are you this morning to being a Christian and being what God's called you to be? Does it have your wholehearted dedication this morning? Does it have your wholehearted dedication and the responsibility bestowed on me? Never will I falter. You and I have responsibility bestowed on us this morning. He says, never will I falter. And the dignity and perseverance, my standard will remain perfection. Think about that, friend of mine. Should his dedication be any more than ours? Because both shed blood. Jesus shed his blood for you and I. Should that century dedication be any more than ours? You choose this morning, friend of mine. Righteousness, unrighteousness. You can be right like Daniel, or you can look right and be like Saul. Which one do you want to be? That's all I have this morning.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.